What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we need to send a shout out and a thank you to Dan Ritter, who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Council level, which he was already a Jedi Master, but thank you so much for the generous upgrade, Dan. For our first question, Quiz Kid Donnie Sith asks if any characters from Andor could continue beyond Rogue One in future series. Well, I thought that was a fitting question because there is a rumor swirling around big ol' capital R, capitalize all the letters, rumor. Rumor. All caps rumor. <laughs> you edit these now, so anything yeah. you do, you have to do the graphics for. That's a, that's nice for me, uh-huh. knowing that I don't feel that little pang of anxiety of like, oh, Molly wants me to <laughs> do something flashy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it was coming off of Daniel Richtman, uh, who is a, a rumor person, like within the whole movie business, not just a Star Wars. Person. I don't know. <laughs> He, he had some report that Adria Arjona, who plays Bix, uh, signed a contract to maybe do some more Star Wars projects beyond Andor, um, which I, I think is interesting. Like, honestly, my first reaction is a little bit like the, like, really? Which I think was kind of my reaction to the announcement of Andor as well, mm-hmm. uh, which... I always come around on those things where it's it's the same as Dr. Afra. I was like her, but then I I love that comic series. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's more about, you know, what would that series actually focus on? And I do think it would be kind of cool if someone who was close to Cassian outlived him, uh, n- maybe knew what he did at Scarif and got to enjoy the galaxy <laughs> that, that Cassian will not get to. Yeah. I think that's interesting because, like, we, from what what we've seen of her, it's hard to think, like, what her future could be like. Because, I mean, last we saw, she's being tortured, um, and she's only ever really been on Ferrix, I think. So, if we're talking post Rogue One, I don't know. Maybe she goes on to join the rebellion, and she's she becomes a pilot or something like that. Like, she could show up in. Uh, what was that movie that got moved? The Patty Jenkins movie? Uh, Rogue Squadron? You yeah. forgot the title of Rogue <laughs> Squadron, Molly? <laughs> I, I dumped it out of my head when they put it on the back burner. How dare you? I it's got, always in the forefront of my mind. I got too much other stuff to remember. <laughs> um, But it would be cool to see her in the early days of the Rebellion working with a young Leia or, you know, anyone really. Right. I, I mean, I, I do think that that could be a potential future of... If they did want to keep doing the spy thriller type story, um, but it sounds like Diego Luna and Tony Gilroy are like two seasons sounds good to us. I don't think they want to be committed to Star Wars forever, but it could be like, a yeah, now Bix is in rebel intelligence and continues on in the tradition of Cassian. Mm-hmm. I think that's got potential. When I said Leia's name, I was like, who else could she be working with? And for some reason, Holdo came to mind. It would be awesome to see her again, like I mean, a young, younger version. She has been in the comics recently, even, and it's very much she is in the spycraft world. So, yeah, I, I think there's potential there as well. Um, any other characters jump to mind that you think might keep going on beyond Andor? Um... If Luthen survives, it would be interesting to see him working with Dr. Afra. <laughs> I, 
Like, I, uh, yeah. I just want to see a Dr. Afra project and then maybe Luthen's in it or someone else that's in Andor is in it. I don't think Luthen's going to make it out of this series alive. Uh, that's my guess. Um, obviously, B2 Emo. I would follow a, a series all about him and just mm-hmm. whatever he wants to do. Yeah. He's just rolling around. I'm I'm in. I'll just watch that. He makes a new friend every episode. Mm-hmm. Meeting him, meeting Chopper, R two, three PO, anyone. Uh, I'd love to see it. I also really like Brasso. I don't think he is a major character enough for this series. I just I like the guy. Why? Brasso doesn't have a mustache. He does. He's got like a full set of scruff, doesn't he? Are we talking about the same person? Wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> Cassian's friend on Ferrix? Yeah. Does he have a mustache? Yes. Mm. Bet. Now we've got to look <laughs> it up right now. It's just like Biggs. No, that's like a full set of scruff. That's a like, mustache. I think you're being really generous with... The definition of a mustache. That is a mustache. <laughs> you can't just say it's scruff. Okay, here's an actual picture of him. That's that's like a full face of hair. That's not just a mustache. And we've had this argument before, <laughs> that a mustache has to be just this. No. Yes. Well, okay, so in this picture, <laughs> he has more of a mustache than the rest of it. So... He's been keeping the rest of it trimmed. Agree to disagree, but I still like him. I still like Brasso. All right, moving on. I won that bet. <laughs> we'll we'll let the fans decide. <laughs> well, maybe Brasso meets Biggs, and Biggs teaches him how to really grow a mustache. <laughs> He's got can... the, the high hopes of a mustache. Uh, yeah. He's like, you've got a good start, kid, mm-hmm. but let me show you how it's done. Yeah. Uh, no, that, yeah, that's a good character. I think there's a lot of potential for people uh, on Ferrix, assuming like the Time Grappler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get a series all about the Time Grappler. <laughs> Adventures of the Time Grappler. <laughs> I'm in. Um, Vetch. Uh, like, yeah. I, I do wonder if just a lot of these characters are going to make it off of Ferrix. I, I, I don't have high hopes for like, a lot of them making it out, but the ones who do, they might relocate, mm-hmm. join the rebellion, or join a cell. Maybe someone swoops in to save the day. Oh, I mean, That'd I, be, I, sh- hmm. I should have already thought about this, but Mon Mothma deserves her own show. I know she's like a big main character in Andor, but we know where she ends up. Right. And there's a lot to explore there i guess i was removing her from the conversation since we know she lives but i agree uh even if we didn't get just a mon mothma series but if we just kept on this genre this format of building the rebellion after rogue one Mm kind of like a spiritual successor to the andor series i i think that has some potential and assuming we're going to be introduced to some live action rebels characters, you could tie in some some of the timelines from the show Rebels mm-hmm. into all of this. Yeah. I had a thought of speculation that like maybe Saw Gerrera could come in. Maybe Luthen has a change of heart and is like, we need to help Ferrix and maybe he convinces Saw to go help or something. 
just wondering how that's all going to go down. But that's weeks into the future. Brandon Velasquez wants to know what our reaction was to Disney buying Star Wars 10 years ago. Yeah, we just passed the 10-year anniversary of the announcement of that deal. That's something that I remember where I was. <laughs> I don't know if you do. No one's going to like my answer to this. Oh, I mean, I, I kind of guessed that you might be apathetic. Oh, very. Yeah. I was like, yeah, sh sure. <laughs> Disney owns everything at this point, or they, they might as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you weren't into Star Wars the same way that you are now. Right. Like, you enjoyed it, but it wasn't like you were clamoring for more. And I will say, more than just apathetic, I, w I was hopeful, because, like, I thought, oh, if Disney is buying Star Wars, that means we're getting more Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So yay for that. Oh, yeah. And that did come with the announcement. It was Disney bought Star Wars. They're doing episodes seven through nine. Yeah. So we, like we knew that day one. Yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> I, yeah. I had kind of just thought, no more Star Wars forever. You'll have to tell me, like, if you remember where you were, where, where in our lifetime was this? Uh, what house were we in? We what were oh, we, we were have? about to get married. <laughs> so you you had Oh, I had other things on my mind then. <laughs> I was completely focused on this new announcement. Or no, we had just gotten married, right? October. Yeah, October 30th. Yeah. yeah. So man, that was great. We probably went on our honeymoon and came home and then I went to work. <laughs> I do remember I was at work. Okay. Uh and getting that announcement and then everyone in the room being like, Alex, did you hear? They like everyone came up to my desk. I was like, yes, I heard. But I was very enthusiastic with <laughs> Alex, everyone. Alex, did you know? Yeah. Like even then they knew uh, who I was. <laughs> yeah. But that was three year, two years before the channel, mm -hmm. like before I even had that idea. Um. So yeah, I was just excited that Star Wars movies aren't done. Yeah. I had kind of thought... Uh, we'd be living off of the books and comics forever. I, I had not gotten into the Clone Wars yet because um, I just didn't grow up with it. It came out while I was in college and I, I had kind of a crappy attitude about it. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, Star Wars cartoons, no, which has completely changed now. But yeah, I was so psyched to just get more movies. Ben asks if Dave Filoni is losing his savior status and if he's taking the George Lucas approach to canon. Yeah, and these are actually two questions I've kind of combined here, but I think that people give Dave Filoni way more control in their mind than he actually has. Sure. Like, he has his projects, um, but I don't think he's over like signing off on what happens in Andor mm -hmm. or the Acolyte or the High Republic. I bet he is occasionally involved in conversations if they have questions. Like, I understand how he got put up on this pedestal where people love the Clone Wars and he like studied at the feet of George Lucas. Yeah, I so. think those are the big two things. Like, yes, he was kind of like a protege, so to speak, of George Lucas. Like they were very close so we learned a lot of stuff straight from George, but also, yeah, I think so many of the, the people on the internet who talk about Star Wars are Clone Wars fans and grew up with it and take it all very, very seriously uh, and love it to death. So yeah. the creator of that, in their minds, is like, 
superhero status. Right. But it, it's just anytime you put a creator like up on some pedestal and say, oh, Dave Filoni can do no wrong and or give Tony Gilroy everything Star Wars from this point forward or, or you know, George Lucas. Like it, this happens so many times of we hold up this creator like they can do everything. And then the prequels come out and so many people turn on George Lucas. How could he do this to us? Mm-hmm. And now Dave Filoni occasionally will uh, make something contradict a book or comic and people get so angry about it. Uh, or they'll be like, how dare he put that mullet back on Obi-Wan Kenobi? Which I just can't fathom being upset about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the the fast turnaround, the way people turn on people, mm-hmm. uh, it happened with Taika Waititi in the latest Thor movie. It just, people start to worship these other creator figures and then they get so angry when they don't live up to this standard that there's no way they ever could. Yeah, I, I think the lesson here is to nip it in the bud. Don't put these creators at at savior status. Just right. don't do it because they will eventually betray you if you do that. <laughs> and not on purpose. Yeah. Uh, Dave Filoni's like... They'll make something. They'll <laughs> yeah. do something. They'll say something that like doesn't vibe with you. And you'll be like, man, I can't believe that. And it'll, it'll just like ruin it for you. Don't, yeah. Don't be that person. That's... I, so to answer the question, no, I don't think Dave Filoni is losing his savior status because I never gave that to him. Like he makes, it, he generally vibes with my taste, especially with the force. And when he goes really weird with it, I love that stuff. But not everything he has done is perfect. But he, yeah, his live action directing is still got a ways to go, I think. I think it is improving every episode. Yeah. Um, but I would also point out, like, I don't love the Clone Wars movie. And that was like his first Star Wars thing. Uh, What if we all just like gave up on him then? It's like, no, every creator is going to make some stuff you love and some stuff you don't. And just don't let it affect your mood that much. Mm -hmm. He's and then to go into is he doing like the George Lucas approach of canon where George was like, my movies are canon the legends books are not like he's letting people play in the playground and occasionally he would take stuff from them but george was like no it's my movies and the clone wars and that's what i consider to be canon he also said canon is for nerds or something (laughs) like that (laughs) uh continuity is for wimps that's what george lucas said like he never really cared about like the details Mm -hmm. uh as a lot of star wars fans do yeah which you can see in the prequels and guess what Dave Filoni learned at the feet of George Lucas, so but, he he's going to care about more about the emotional canon uh-huh. than the actual, like, well, Obi-Wan should not have a mullet at this point. He, there's no way. The cool there's, it on the mullet stuff. The mullet thing was dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. He can grow it back out. If he can change his face and then grow his hair back out for the next episode, he can grow the mullet back quickly. He had hair back to or something. I think you're looking for mullet uh, angry people on the internet. <laughs> Come at me, angry mullet people. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I don't think Dave Filoni is like putting the idea of continuity in the trash can. I think he, how do I put this? He created Ahsoka and I think over time, I think he thinks that things can shift. It's... It's a malleable story. 
Uh-huh. And he's not going to go out of his way to ch- change things, but if he wants to change something, he's going to do it. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it is that if you take a step back and you say, after Order 66, Ahsoka went to an agricultural planet, stayed there for about a year until an Inquisitor found her, she defeated him, and then got Bail Organa to help her relocate the survivors to somewhere else. I just described the short, and I described the the book. Like, it is the same story. Um, setting aside, like, the issues of queer representation... Like, that's another issue that is important. Uh, but we're just talking about, like, the canon details alone, mm. like, I don't think anything was retconned. Yeah, and, like, much like Luke, I don't think Ahsoka is going to have a heavily explored sexuality, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I think she flirted a little bit with Kaden. Right. Uh well, she in the novel, I think she didn't know what to do. Kind of like Obi-Wan in the book Padawan. Yeah. Someone flirted with him and he was just like, what? Uh, I don't know how I to respond feelings. to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's important about from the representation standpoint. Otherwise, the major story beats are there. Right. And to just keep, <laughs> didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole, but I think you the novel. You brought up the mullet. Yeah, well. I think the novel is the true version, at least in my opinion. Actually, I will save this talk because we're going to talk about it later. Today's video is brought to you by the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad Doom, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Host Felicia Day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series' showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Mateusz Grabowski wants to know if we ever feel like the books and comics don't matter as much because of the potential retcons. Yeah, okay. okay. So we kind of segued into that. The books still matter. Like, no one can take away whether or not a book matters to you. Um, there can definitely be, and I bet someday there will be some contradiction that I just can't reconcile and that I really don't like. But right now, to talk about the Ahsoka thing, like I said, major story beats are the same. I think that the true version is the novel because I think the short, we were like that they have a 15 minute runtime. That is not enough time to adapt a novel like mm-hmm. even two hour movies can't adapt novels well so a short was like let's get these basic story beats and move on and to me the novel is like no that's this is the full version if you want to experience it i don't think the short negates the novel at all yeah and i definitely don't think that the books and comics should be thought less of because of potential retcons in the future we've talked about this before of the funnel mm-hmm. we've got live action movies live action tv shows are like up here where the biggest amount of audience will see them 
So they're going to take precedence, and then the smar smaller you go, books, comics, whatever, it's, it's more, like, it's more susceptible to being tweaked. Yeah. If it is revisited in the future. And the, the thing, this is the first time I think that I have gone backwards in the funnel. Usually I will say like, okay, yeah, these are like in broad strokes, they line up, but the the Bad Batch is probably more how Kanan's story went down than we saw it in the comic. But now when I see the short, I'm like, this didn't provide more details took details away. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, okay, this event happened, but I'm going to treat in my mind that the novel is how it really fully happened. This is interesting. I, I would like to know if this is similar in other big fandoms, the idea of what's canon and what's not canon. And like, say you like something in a book or a comic that gets changed. You can still like it, uh, but I wonder if there's something like in people's brains where if someone says, well, your version's not canon anymore, and that just like sets off a red alarm in their heads like and makes people angry. Because I understand the anger, but I'm also like, but your preferred version still exists and you you can still like it and pretend that that's the canon, but... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that like, that's just, I, I don't interpret it that way of like, okay, there's a different story, slightly different story that does not knock this one away as if it never happened. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, I guess now I'm thinking just the more detailed version is what I'm going to go with in the future. Um, but thinking about like making the canon timeline video, when I get to the Ahsoka novel again, don't think anything's going to change about how I describe those events. Mm -mm. I, I just don't. Because, <laughs> I mean, Dave Filoni said it's the same story. Mm -hmm. So we're going to use the first, the one that came first. Yeah, and the one that has more detail. And the one that is like, yeah, here are all of the people that she met in this village. And yeah, like Caden and her sister are there. And that that's, again, a whole other issue that I don't know why they weren't just in the short. But... Uh, that that's something else that we can talk about and have talked about in a live stream uh, about a week ago, if you want to see all that. Uh, I, I will point out, first, two things. To bring up the mullet again, I'm not saying if the mullet bugged you, it was wrong. Like, But I saw people that got angry at like creators online mm -hmm. about Obi-Wan's hair. That, I was like, you're crossing a line over hair. And I just... As long as you, I saw plenty of people in good faith having fun with the issue. That's fine. I think I that's also that just out. an internet thing. Like, it's hard to tell people's true emotions over text. So, like, yeah, even if someone types something out on Twitter that's in all, in all caps, I'd like to think that they're not ruminating day after day. <laughs> oh, that mullet. Yeah. Oh, I'm so mad about that mullet. Like, they just made a tweet and it sounded angry looked angry but hopefully they're not actually that angry about it i saw some threads that it, that suggested not that and that's what like really just a week ago kind of set me off where i was like none of this matters and why are people so mad about the hair 
he just he could have grown it back out. It's possible. I don't want to get off on the mullet again. <laughs> but oh, speaking of hair, I saw Matt Martin bring up the fact that uh, in episode one, Anakin magically sprouted a Padawan braid. Yeah. At the end of the movie, what about that? Uh huh. Drama. Exactly. It just it just happens. It's not that important. <laughs> um, but I do want to point out that it can be more frustrating. When you feel like, yeah, I'm putting in this time and effort. People who read the books and comics are very invested in Star Wars. Like you are devoting more time than just uh, an hour a week to watch Andor. Uh, reading a book, reading a comic, that takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if if you feel like it's being negated, I understand the frustration. Um, but I Don't let I, it control your life. Right. And I'm trying to say that I also, in those moments, when the Bad Batch thing happened, and I was like, but I love the Kanan comic. And I was like, let's, I kind of went through the five stages of grief real fast. (laughs) And I was like, okay, main story beats are still there. Basically, just now we know the Bad Batch was there as well. But, and we love the Bad Batch. So it's like this stuff is going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. It, it is. And, if you get really, really worked up about every single issue, you're going to be really, really worked up a lot. <laughs> On to YouTube questions. Matthew Kelly wants to know if Grease met Yaddle before she died. <laughs> so I had to go back uh, and find some of the dialogue on YouTube, but... There's a joke of Grease talking about, like, do you think there are any Jedi out there in hiding? And he said he grew up and he heard stories about this little green Jedi. And Seer's like, Yoda? And he's like, no, Yaddle. And basically, Grease, like, really, he's a, a Yaddle fanboy. Well, growing up, we heard tales of a green, pointy-eared, legendary Jedi master. And Are you talking about Master Yoda? Yes, he is very Wait, what? Who? No, no, I'm talking about Master Yaddle. The Jedi High Council member? Yeah, we all have our dreams, okay? Let me have mine. Uh, But there was nothing in there that suggested he ever met her. So Mm -hmm. I think he just heard stories about her and was intrigued. So no, I don't think Reese ever got the chance to meet Yaddle, unfortunately. Now I'm sad about that. Because I don't think I knew about this, but... No, I, I I also don't think he would have met her, but I love the idea that he had just this fairy godmother <laughs> idea of Yaddle, just like putting her up on a pedestal, like one day maybe. That's why he was salting his food so much. He just wasn't paying attention to the conversation. He was daydreaming Yaddle. about Yaddle. Just... What's she up to? What's she doing right now? <laughs> Jocasta Didn't Knew asks, which planet is the scariest planet in Star Wars? This is kind of a Halloween question. We didn't really get to do a video on Halloween, so just kind of surrounding it with some Halloweenish stuff. Halloweenish. Yeah. I like that word. Thank you. Um, the first... Okay, so I thought of two planets. Mustafar, obviously, because it's a lava planet, and there are things called lava fleas, which sound gross. <laughs> Um, and then I can never remember the name of the planet with the acid rain. Oh, from, uh, A Test of Courage? Yeah. Yeah. From one of the first young reader novels of the High Republic, A Test of Courage, they go to this planet that's just like, everything is trying to kill them. The plant life is, the rain is acid. It's, it's just a mess. Yeah. It's terrifying. I'm glad you didn't take my planet. You named two. I was going to go with Dathomir. 
Mm. I just feel like that's it's got zombies, it's got giant bats, it's got giant spiders. Uh, I feel like I would like it there. <laughs> you'd fit in. <laughs> you'd be show me the witches. Yeah, it would be Halloween Town for me. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Brian Surway wants to know if Dooku would have been on board with the full extent of the Empire if he had survived. This kind of came up in our live stream. Yeah. Uh, but it, it had some likes, so I thought we'll just talk about it some more and explore that. I kind of think that he wouldn't have loved it, but he would have gone along with it. Mm, yeah. I'm I'm kind of undecided on this. I, I want to think that he would have gotten out. But yeah, I think he could have maybe been talked into it or felt like hopeless otherwise. I, I, yeah, I think that my, my answer may have been different before watching Tales of the Jedi. But knowing what happened with Yaddle, I'm like, if you can be convinced to turn on your family like that and to kill Yaddle, uh, if Sidious can convince you to do that, I think he can convince you to stay with the Empire. I mean, Dooku does so many evil things. He is responsible for a lot of evil in the Clone Wars, even if he thinks it's for uh, noble reasons. It mm -hmm. was at one point, and now it's not. And I think he would have been probably just about wanting more power by the time the Empire came around. I think... I don't think Palpatine would have let him survive. Probably not. Between Palpatine and Vader... He, he Palpatine would have had Vader kill Dooku at some point. Maybe, maybe let's just pretend Dooku kills Anakin in uh -oh. that, on on the Invisible Hand. Then I think Sidious would have been like, "All right, he's the stronger Force user, and uh, I'm going to stick with the more powerful apprentice." You don't think he would try to find someone else? I'm sure he would. He, he can't manipulate Dooku like he could Anakin. Mm, I yeah, I mean he. I don't think he needed to, though. Like, Dooku was already a Sith. At that point, like, I think Dooku would have bought into the lie that, like, okay, we're, we're, we're now able to get rid of the Republic, and we will form this empire, and it will be safe and secure, because we have all the power. We can control it, and we'll make sure there's no corruption. Mm. I, I think Dooku would have been like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I just, there's too many things about Anakin specifically that allowed Palpatine to mold him and shape him into exactly what he needed. And then Dooku, I feel like Palpatine might think that he would at some point want to lead. Oh, he for sure would. And I mean, that's that's just the Sith. Yeah. Like Dooku, even in Attack of the Clones, is like, Obi-Wan, join me. And we can destroy the Sith. Mm -hmm. We can kill the Sith Lord that is in the Senate. So yeah, I, so, I think eventually Palpatine would have him. Yeah. I, I mean, if you look at Palpatine and Vader, he is always on the lookout for the next best thing. Like, that's just Palpatine's story. Yeah. He, he always wants someone to replace who he currently has. So I, I, I don't think Dooku would have survived to the Battle of Endor. <laughs> Do you think he ever saw any Ewoks, though? Oh, I, I hope so. Over, Maybe they would have brought him back to the light. Over his lifetime? I hope so. Ares Storm asks if Finn will ever adopt the name Skywalker, or will future Jedi use it as a title? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so to 
either of those scenarios. No, I don't think so either. I don't. I, I see why Ray did it, and there's a whole story behind that, and you can hear Joseph Scrimshaw explain it to you way better than we could. Um, but I think Finn is his own person. He doesn't need to adopt the Skywalker name. No Jedi needs to. Uh, Skywalker as a title, I don't think is going to happen because of just logistics going forward. You know, it, we're told that the Skywalker saga is done. So I don't think they're going to start calling Jedi Skywalkers going forward. That might be too confusing. I, I will say in the lead up to episode nine, I was on board with that theory. I thought it would be interesting and like a nice way for the Skywalker legacy to live on. I think it was the right choice to just stick with Jedi because the idea of Jedi has been uh, I don't, not corrupted. It, it's just there's like an idealized version of the Jedi and we have only seen it, I think, in a few examples. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's more just about getting back to what a Jedi really is and should be. Ooh, I have an idea. Okay. What if it becomes the rank, the highest rank. So you got master and masters of the council, and then you got a Jedi Skywalker yeah. is way up here. I, I like that more now than just calling all Jedi Skywalkers. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, instead of the Grand Master of the Order, it's like, it's the Skywalker. Yeah. That's kind of cheesy, but the name has always been cheesy, it, so. <laughs> it still bothers me a little bit because, yeah, going forward, I... I think we should just get away from that name. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle that with Ray's story go going forward because she has adopted the name, but that is for another conversation. Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of the Skywalker name having a legacy in the galaxy that goes on for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So I, I like having it as a rank of Jedi or maybe instead of like a way seeker <laughs> instead of that kind of jedi it could be a kind of jedi that's yeah. like i'm a skywalker i like that in instead of a way seeker or like something above master a skywalker being one that is a jedi self-taught to to for the most part and like isn't going to be part of a group yeah maybe something like that but yeah i don't feel like finn needs that i i think that he feels that finn is an identity and he feels like he belongs with his family uh in the resistance or the new new republic or whatever it is mm -hmm. um but ray part of her journey was searching for belonging and uh adopting that name was kind of the period on that sentence mm-hmm that's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.